Hi, I'm Tony Hines, and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. Hi, welcome to the Chain Reaction News Roundup. This week, 5th of March 2022. As Russia's war in the Ukraine intensifies, the differences between the leader of the Russian Federation, Mr. Putin, and the population are stark. The outcome, difficult to predict, and the danger for everybody imminent. The supply chains, of course, added disruption to COVID and everything else that we've experienced in the past few years. Commodity prices have risen fast this week as a consequence of the intensifying war in Ukraine. Russia and Ukraine account for 30% of wheat, and wheat prices on world markets have risen by 40%. This will have a great impact everywhere, but particularly in regions such as Africa that rely heavily on wheat from that part of the world and other grains too. Oil, $118. Brent crude reached at one point and world oil prices around $115 US dollars. Gas sale hold prices also rose sharply this week, reaching 506 on world markets at one point before dropping back to 460. This is an increase of about 12 or 13 times the price it was earlier in the year. Metals such as aluminium have risen by 40% too, and other metals have gone up. Russia only accounts for about 6% of world trade, but this destabilization has a big impact on them and everywhere else. It also intensifies or raises the stakes on other border disputes if Mr. Putin gets away with this criminal act of aggression. Germany also pulled out of Nord Stream 2, and that will have a large impact both on Germany, who get about 30% or more of the gas supply, 40% maybe, of their gas supply from Russia. And of course, it's going to have an impact on that uh, infrastructure project by Gazprom. There's a problem with oil and gas supply from Russia because the rest of the world won't take the goods. They're going to isolate Russia with the sanctions. They're not going to give them any currency. So that's going to starve Russia of any investment. Lots of big brands have pulled out in the automobile industry. We've got Bentley. We've got uh, not just luxury car makers, but we've got Toyota and we've got uh, German vehicles, Audi, Mercedes, Volkswagen, lots of different companies refusing to supply goods into Russia. And big retailers are pulling out of deals. H&M have pulled out. And there's lots of other big brands pulling the contracts. So they're going to be fairly isolated and find it difficult to trade in the coming months. At the end of the week, Visa and MasterCard have said they're suspending services in Russia as a result of the war in Ukraine. So that will have some impact, I should think. Russia, of course, is a major producer of aluminium, copper, 33% price increases already this year in some materials for aluminium and 25% for copper. So prices are going to go high. And there's going to be, of course, all kinds of shortages in Russia as well as in other parts of the globe. And Russian ships have been denied entry to ports in the West, in the United Kingdom, in Europe and in the United States. So difficult times ahead. There are no winners in this. The changes in consuming behaviour during the pandemic has changed the way logistics companies think about business. 
And I was reading this week about a New York stock exchange listed Chinese e-commerce company called VipShop, which has joined Piers Alibaba and JD.com to establish a logistics arm. It's based in Guangzhou. It was founded in 2008 by Eric Shan and Arthur Hong, and they run a website called VIP.com, which is quite an interesting .com title, isn't it? VIP.com. And it was listed on the New York Stock Exchange back in March 2012. So it's going to work for lots of companies. In 2020, Fifshop Snap Profits grew by 47%. This is in the pandemic period, up 47% on 2019 to around $905 million. US dollars. And it was driven by the change to online purchases during COVID. Some, so some uh, bright light for that organization during the pandemic. Chinese consumers are now moving towards e-tailers returning to in-house delivery solutions. And so this has created more opportunity for VIP. And uh, it's likely that um, that's one to watch. So VIP shop. <laughs> Now, I mentioned a couple of ships that were turned away from British ports this week. One at Milford Haven and one at Grain in Kent. And those ships were carrying liquid natural gas and I think the one at Milford Haven, possibly oil. So the dock labour forces refused to unload the ships. Now, this is a tricky one because lots of ships, although they might be carrying Russian produce, they might be doing so under a flag of convenience. So they might be registered in Cyprus, for example, or they might be registered in Panama. And therefore, the origin is difficult to determine. So there's likely to be some shenanigans by companies to get round the sanction. And I think port authorities will have to be alert to this if they're to enforce the sanctions. And so too will government. A new plastic packaging tax is being introduced from the 1st of April in 2022. Now, this plastic packaging tax, PPT, applies to plastic packaging manufactured or imported into the UK. And the proportion of recycled plastic in the component when measured by weight is less than 30% of the total amount of plastic in the component. The tax is charged at a rate of £200 per metric tonne. The government will keep the level of the rate and threshold under review to ensure the tax remains fit for purpose. A packaging component is a product that's designed to be suitable for use, whether alone or in combination with other products, in the containment, protection and handling, delivery or presentation of goods at any stage in a supply chain. A plastic packaging component is a packaging component that contains more plastic when measured by weight than any single other substance. It's limited in scope. It's not applicable to transport packaging used when importing goods from the UK to protect goods during a journey. It's not applicable to packaging products used in aircraft ships or railway stores for international journeys or for human medicine products or for components permanently designated for packaging use or where the packaging function is secondary to the storage function, for example, a drill case or a glasses case, that sort of thing, or if the packaging is part, an integral part of the goods, for example, a cartridge carrying ink. So after the 1st of April, businesses that manufacture or import 10 or more tonnes of plastic packaging over a 12-month period need to register for the tax within 30 days of the first day that the condition is met. 
and this is irrespective of whether that business is actually obligated to pay PPT. So you've got to register for it and you've got to keep records and there are rules you've got to follow. So if you're in any of these categories, I'd get along to the HMRC website and take a look at what you need to do. There's some clear guidance given, but don't get caught short. Production was halted at 14 Toyota plants in Japan while they dealt with a cyber attack on the company's suppliers. Toyota was said to have lost production of 13,000 vehicles after Kojima Industries, which supplied plastic parts and electronic components, was targeted by hackers. And this attack came shortly after Western countries clamped down on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The Japanese Prime Minister, Fumio Kishida, said his government would be investigating the incident. Also, as part of the clampdown on sanctions and so on, um, came to light this week that I think it was about 14 hospitals in the UK, or hospital trusts, had uh, contracts with Gazprom, and they've got to be terminated because the government says that um, they can no longer have those contracts. So there's going to be some legal wrangling there. There were also a number of local authorities that have contracts with Gazprom in the UK, and they'll also have to sever ties. Some large energy companies like Eon are also getting part of their supply from Gazprom, and they too have had to cancel contracts. Two of the world's biggest cargo shipping companies, Maersk and MSC, have stopped all cargo bookings to and from Russia. This ban excluded essential items such as foodstuff, medical equipment and humanitarian supplies. Ocean Network and Hapag Lloyd had already suspended any journeys to and from Russia. Microplastics are one of the biggest problems caused by the production of all types of products. And this week, California has a 22-point plan to reduce microplastics in water around San Francisco. Lots of plastic ends up in rivers and in the oceans of the world. And the sources, surprisingly, are tires, synthetic textiles, cigarette filters, and of course, single plastic food waste. So many sources of microplastics and it's a serious problem that needs to be tackled so uh, California to be commended on taking steps to reduce microplastics but it's a problem everywhere in the world and something has to be done to clean up the oceans and the rivers and take away the pollution from plastic. Since the pandemic started globally there is apparently about 25,000 tons of plastic waste as a result of medical waste coming from hospitals that's entered the oceans of the world. So that gives you some idea of the scale of the problem. It's surprising to see how public procurement contracts are tied up with uh, Gazprom or maybe not so surprising as we are a an integrated global trading world. But apparently about uh, 22% of the spending on energy by the NHS, the National Health Service in the UK, has been with Gazprom. And so that's a significant sum of money 
His contracts with Gazprom were worth about £16 million in 2021. And there are all sorts of health trusts involved. And of course, there are universities that are purchasing from Gazprom and other public sector bodies too. Uh, Some big contracts. The Guardian published a list of top 20 UK public sector contracts and the value of those contracts with Gazprom. Remember, these are contracts over time. So it's not just within a year, but uh, for the the time of the contract. And you've got places like Newcastle-upon-Tyne, hospitals, Sheffield, teaching hospitals, got 15 million million pounds and eight million pounds respectively, Northern Care Health Alliance six million, Countess of Chester five million, Shrewsbury and Telford five million, and Suffolk and Bolton five million, four million, Manchester City Council four million, Wigan, Wirral, Salford, North Tees, Westminster, all round about four million. Westminster's three million actually. Um, so huge sums of, of money tied up with contracts with Gazprom. I suppose in energy markets when you're looking around for the lowest price of supply, then clearly in normal times, those sorts of contracts are in place. But I just wonder what kind of risk assessment is done to look at the other aspects of the contract and uh, whether those need to be given some further thought when we look at procurement processes in future, obviously with the situation that they now find themselves in with Gazprom. The British government has said that they want these contracts to come to an end as a result of Russia's invasion of Ukraine as part of the sanctions. Only about 4% of British energy is supplied from Russia. In Europe it's 30% and in Germany alone it's 40%. So quite a lot of dependency. I was quite interested to see that Gartner this week had said the supply chain of the future would be totally tuned in to customers. Well, at last, the customer-focused supply chain. I think I was writing about that back in 2000, 2002. My book came out, Supply Chain Strategies, Customer-Focused, Customer-Driven. Well, I'm glad everybody's catching up. Well, that's it for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the Supply Chain News Roundup. hope to bring you some better news next week. And I'd like to see everybody working to bring Putin's war to an end. Don't forget to tune in to the midweek edition of Chain Reaction when we'll be talking about resilience in healthcare supply chains. So, I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now. See you next time. researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains and we have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon. All things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now.